3: Oh man, welcome to the UFC London post-fight show here on MMA Fighting. We appreciate y'all for tuning in. We're happy to have you. I am Sean Oshadi, and I'm joined by my guys, uh, first off, the man of of a million talents, my fellow desert dweller, Jose Youngs, and of course, Mr. No Gray Area himself, Jed Mishu. We've got the undefeated EKC Casey Layden manning the boards, of course, and y'all, Fellas, what can you say now, man? Back-to-back weeks uh, where it feels like the sport, all of us are robbed of a great fight before it even begins. Uh, Last week, it was Brian Ortega with the shoulder. Tonight, is poor Tommy Aspinall seemingly blowing out his knee just 15 seconds into this main event with Curtis Blades at UFC London. Your heart just breaks for Tom. That one looked really bad. He was down there for a long time in the middle of the cage. He ended up getting a splint on it and having to be... Carried out, basically. I mean, Jose, this is now back-to-back weeks for us. It, It felt like we were set up to have an amazing fight ahead of us. What are you feeling right now after that?
4: Uh, I mean this sucks We were, the, the I mean for the like you said the second straight week we've lost uh, and essentially for the second straight week we had almost two number one contender fights I know they were like unofficially number one contender fights but with France and Ganu still on the shelf uh, after his surgery and future in the UFC a little murky obviously the winner of this fight was probably eyeing the winner of Cyril Gaun versus tied to possibly for an interim title or a title shot I know John Jones and Stipe could go wrench into that but until that fight's official we're not going to pretend like that's a reality so uh, it's just unfortunate all of I feel like this injury was just way worse in terms of the actual injury and what it means and for how it played out because the Yair Rodriguez-Brian Ortega fight, that actually had some sort of action for as short as that fight was. Obviously, it didn't get out of the first round, but there were some, you know, there were some scrambles, there was some grappling, there was some, there was some action, and people were talking about, like, you know, who won most of the fight uh, for as long as it lasted. The Tom Aspinall-Curtis Blades fight was 15 seconds. I think Curtis Blades landed maybe a punch or two. Tom Aspinall threw a couple leg kicks and before his knee gave out. None of us obviously know what the actual injury is, so uh unfortunate would be an understatement uh this is like i said significantly worse for this division and for tom and how it played out and for the london crowd hoping to see tom this this ending was way worse than the ufc long island card uh just a super unfortunate and super unlucky main event and yeah it's just a bummer all around
3: yeah, I don't know what's going on this year because you mentioned you were right about the, the number one contender fights. This is now back-to-back weeks. You even go back to and- one of the last number one contender fights that we had headlining these shows, and it was Jan Blackowitz, Alexander yeah. Rakic. Same thing. We we got nothing out of it. Um, we talked on the preview show, guys, about is the sequel going to live up to the original for UFC London? <laughs> it didn't. No. In the under, the undercard was, was pretty terrible. Uh, and then for a brief moment in this main card, it looks like, Oh, maybe we got something here. And then for it to end like this, I mean, Jed, you have talked a lot about Tommy Aspinall and what makes him such a compelling prospect in the lead up to this, the athleticism. That's a big thing for you with Tom. He is still really young, but I mean, something like this, this looked like a really bad injury. Does this worry you at all about, you know, limiting what Tom could be in his future?
5: No, it just slows his timeline up because he's probably going to be out a year recovering, but like, I don't know, this isn't 1984 or even 1990s. Like, if that is a blown out ligaments in his knee, even if he blew them all out, like, that would suck and certainly hope that's not the case. But you can come back from that. I mean, we see professional athletes do that all the time. It'll be hard and a longer road, and maybe it will stunt him a little bit. But, I mean, Frank Muir came back from damn near dying in a car crash and still ended up, you know, reclaiming a belt and stuff like that. I think Tom's future is still... Still very, very bright. Uh, He's just going to be out for a while. But more importantly, maybe the UFC will finally learn that we don't need to close the show with whatever the hell we did because this card would have been much better if we ended on Patty Pimblett instead of going Patty into the Hermanson-Curtis thing, which was tough, and then this really unfortunate main event, which has left it not living up in any capacity to the first UFC London.
3: I mean, I I can understand in a large, larger spectrum why Tom was headlining the show heavyweight, such a marquee division. And he really was is one of the best prospects in that division. And he he closed the show last time and did a phenomenal job. So I can understand that you're 100 percent right about the Curtis or Manson fight being that weird co-main event spot in between the two bangers that we saw right before. That made no sense beforehand. And it made even less sense in the moment. It really slowed down the flow. Uh, but I mean, just, you know, wrapping up this heavyweight discussion Jed, what's the heavyweight picture look like to you now after this? Because we were, we needed sort of some of these answers, and now we just don't have them.
5: It's honestly the same that it would have been had we gotten more answers. Because neither the winner of this wasn't fighting for a title. They are at best fighting for an interim belt against probably the winner of Gone uh Taito Iwasa. Like that's the best case scenario, and that depends on Stepe and John Jones. Never fighting, which, you know, pretty good chance. I mean, they those are two dudes who just don't fight all that often. So sure. But like it's it's really the same. It just means that instead of maybe us having a world where Tommy Aspinall is the real deal and he can be in a title fight by mid next year, he's not gonna be in a title fight until 2024. And Curtis Blades is finally going to be in that con you know, still be in that conversation, but be knocking on the door because I think Curtis Blades is going to fight the winner of to Tuivasa. And whether that's for an interim belt or not, that's just how it'll flow. But that if that fight's not for an interim belt, it will be a de facto number one contender fight. So that's good because Curtis Blades has been doing work for a long time. He deserves to get that opportunity.
3: Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's, it's such a tough you, – you feel for Curtis too because, I mean, he had – there's nothing he could have done about this, right? And sort of he takes the brunt of it, and now this was a big opportunity for him. Technically, he is now seven of his last eight winning in the UFC heavyweight division. That is a damn good mark, regardless of how you get it. Uh, Jose, I mean, do you agree? Like, if you're Curtis, what's the move right
6: now?
4: Uh, you just wait out for the that UFC Paris main event to play out and probably fight the winner of that. I know John Jones and him have said a couple things back and forth on social media and through interviews that fight's very unlikely to happen because john seems pretty intent on fighting stipe stipe wants to fight john the ufc wants to make that fight it's just a matter of will they make that fight i don't think john jones is coming back to fight curtis blade so uh process of elimination i think the only fight left is what jed said the winner of the ufc paris probably either for a number one contender fight or an interim title fight which is just a number one contender with a shiny belt uh that they can stick on a poster so that's pretty much it. There's really nothing left at heavyweight for Curtis Blades to do outside of wait for that main event. Yeah, it's just so tough.
3: You, you hate to see it. You Obviously, we wish Tom, Tom Aspen all the best. Hope he's okay. Hope this isn't going to be something that takes him out for a long time to come. In the end, it's 15 seconds. There's not much to talk about when it comes to something like this. So let's move on, guys. Uh, and let's talk about what actually was the highlight of the day because it was a pretty uneventful day for the most part until – wouldn't you know it, it became the Molly and Patty show once again. I mean, Patty Pimblett, this dude did it again, man. Second round submission of Jordan Levitt. And to me, this was easily his best performance in the UFC. It was super, super slick stuff. I thought trapping that arm off the back take to get that rear naked choke. And the man even kept his word. Uh, he got some teabagging bagging in there. Uh, also though, I will say a wonderful message afterwards about mental health and the importance of speaking out about those sorts of things. Um, as so, you know, I, I, have lost my father to suicide. So that hit me pretty hard. So I appreciate Patty for doing that. Jed man. I mean, this guy is now three and O in the UFC and every time out he, he comes off as more and more of a star. I mean, tonight was ridiculous. The entrance he got the, the ovation he got just all of it. It felt big. You've been pretty critical of, of Patty's abilities during this run. And to be fair, you're not alone. I think a lot of us have, what are your takeaways from that though? Did this change your mind at all?
5: Not really i mean i i've never said patty's bad i just don't think he's very good uh but he has skills like and he and I, i've said before like he could develop he's still young but his he is just in a place where his stardom far outstrips his ability which isn't his fault that's a good thing like you you want to be a star and dude is this man a star like that the o2 is patty's house like i don't When they go back, I know that there are reasons to have Leon Edwards or Arnold Allen or whoever don't. It's Patty's house. Let him close the show and give him matchups he can win. Because, yes, Molly and Patty won, and they won over people who are competent fighters. I'm not here to disrespect their opponents in that regard. But, like, these were fights that weren't, like, super difficult for them, which is why the odds can show it but they were still challenges, which is that's how you should develop people. And certainly how you should play to stars in their home crowd, you know, like don't give them a total softball, but don't give them, don't give Patty Ilya Teporia, you know, like that's an awful (laughs) idea. Teporia would absolutely kill him and you should super not do that. This is good matchmaking. The only issue is that it was the third fight from the top instead of the top or at least the co-main, but uh, that back take was nasty um at just really savage stuff i thought super uh, slick super super slick i thought levitt would be um more than an equal to patty on the ground just because he is also a kind of a a very good grappler and a super weird one but that that back take was nasty that knee that probably set up the back take because kind of feels like that knee hurt levitt was nasty like he is improving on he is undeniably getting better every time in and time out. And if he can continue to deliver those performances, dude, this, he could be a Conor McGregor level star. If he is that good as a fighter, he would be a Conor McGregor megastar. I don't think he is, but I kind of hope he can figure it out and be that because the sport can always use people of that magnitude. So, yeah, great night for him, great performance.
3: Yeah, unbelievable, really. I mean, again, the the reception, the scene, all of it afterwards. Uh, I mean, Jose, this whole week, Patty came off as always really like a, a future star like someone who really could get some momentum behind him but i mean this this was again in my opinion his best performance in the ufc what were your takeaways did this fight change your
4: perception at all of this guy no, because I wasn't down on him like so many others were. I knew he was super talented, because obviously, if you you remember our colleague, Pete Carroll, he's been singing his praise for a long time, for so the fact that he's gone to cage warriors fights, and I've had to edit a lot of his interviews back in the day, and Patty's always been like this, so when he came to the UFC, it was just, I felt like it was only a matter of time, and Uh, I do like this gradual, slow increase in competition. It seems like every time he fights, he gets not a massive jump up, but like this slow build to showcase new things and showcase that he is a talented fighter. I don't think he's a top 10, top 15 fighter just yet, but he's a good fighter. He was a Cage Warriors champion at one point, I believe. Uh, If not, I obviously fought for the title. Uh, He's a good fighter. He's not a bad fighter. He's not bad at fist fighting human beings in an octagon. He's obviously undefeated for a reason. Uh, everyone kind of knocking his skills. Like you saw him kind of, you know, get grounded into the fence. And then he ended that first round on top, still scored for Jordan Levitt. And then he came, as you said, trapped in the arm impressively and finished the fight. 3-0. Uh, if he does, if they do go back to the 0-2 arena anytime soon, which I absolutely do not think they will. I think they came back to London way too soon. Uh, if they go to Manchester, obviously, I think he should headline that card with Molly. They're, obviously, they can't go to Liverpool because of the new sponsorships don't allow combat sports in the Liverpool arena, which is a travesty because that place which would just amazing. melt. Just- that fight, that arena would just melt to the ground if Patty Pimblet headlines there. But I expect him probably to be on the MSG card, maybe the end of the year card with Molly. I feel like sticking the two Scousers in Madison Square Garden in New York would be an ideal fight card for them to showcase their skills as an a step up in competition. Also, Patty looks really big compared to Jordan. Jordan's obviously really strong for his size. They just look like two different sized human beings in there fighting. So maybe a, a person that can challenge Patty physically uh, in there as well. So, but yeah, I hope they find the MSG or the end of the year uh, in Las Vegas. So, but if they go back to England, oh, I hope it's Manchester.
5: Apparently, McCann already said they want to fight at, in Vegas at the end of the year, uh, yeah. talking to to the ESPN crew, so which makes sense.
3: I mean, Vegas or MSG, I actually really like MSG a little bit better. That feels like the proper sort of escalation, right, in terms of the world's most famous arena for combat sports, that sort of thing. I mean, Jose, uh, Jed was saying earlier, you know. Patty could be a, a Connor level star if he had that level of talent and I don't know that he does have that level level of talent. He, he continues to prove people wrong so it would be silly to say he doesn't but feels like, you know, that's a that that's within the grasp of possibility. There's a timeline where that happens. How high do you feel like this could go? Like where, where's the ceiling on this for you?
4: Who is in all of combat sports who generates the most headlines? I say Conor McGregor right now in 2022. This is a question for both of you. Mm. There is an answer that he's fighting in August. All of combat sports. The answer is I mean, Jake Paul. It's Jake Paul. And oh, Jake oh Paul is all
5: tweeting, of combat sports. Okay, yeah, that was the an obvious answer.
4: So yeah. Jake Paul I tweeted about this fight and said, pay Patty his millions. That answers your questions. Whether you guys or whoever believes that Jake Paul is not a fighter or whoever or you hate him, who cares? He generates headlines, and he's tweeting. He talks about Conor. He talks about Canelo and now he's talking about Patty. So that should just tell you the level of stardom that, you know, Patty Pimblett should have. I mean, freaking Logan Paul, the older brother who he just fought Floyd Mayweather Jr., who's the biggest box office attraction post 2000 and Logan Paul just fought him. And he's saying he wants to fight Patty now. Like, come on, guys, he could be a, obviously a rock star. He's such, he, he signed – this is why if you date, if you go look at the 2021 Breakthrough Fighter of the Year on MMAfighting.com and you look at the voting, I voted Patty number one and he only had one fight in the UFC. This is why. One fight in the UFC is already generating headlines and people are talking about him like that, signing a $1 million deal with Barstool after one fight. How many UFC fighters make a million dollars a fight? Almost none. And he's doing that. And, then he got, and now he's bringing Molly up with him. I don't know how you can knock the guy. He's like this is prize fighting after all. Whether you believe he's a good fighter, fighter or not, or you dislike him as a person, you dislike the gimmick, you dislike his hair for whatever reason. Prize (laughs) fighting wise, as a prize fighter, patty Pimblett is one of like the five to seven most fascinating fighters in the UFC. So he could be a rock star for sure.
3: I mean, and again, I thought he had a, a really terrific message afterwards. So for all the criticism, and I understand the criticism. You know, it's very some of it is certainly deserved, but I thought he he used the platform in a, a very articulate and, and respectful way. And I appreciated it uh in that respect. I mean, I mean, Jed, I think there are still obvious questions about Patty's ceiling and his skill level and how high he could reach. I think Connor McGregor, obviously two division champion. I don't ever see that happening for Patty. I would be stunned if he actually ever won a belt in his UFC career. But again, you never know at this point in his his career, he's still developing. If you're the matchmaker. It feels like you still have to be very careful with how you navigate this, right? Like, w- what do you do with this man? Like, how high do you push this for the next one? Whether it's in Vegas, MSG, how, wherever you go with it, it's going to be big.
5: It's a really good question. Uh, I think that you should continue to give him extremely winnable fights. Uh, at some point, you are not going to, you're going to have to like really, really test him. I don't think you need to do that. On, like at the moment, like give him the full MVP uh bellator style matchmaking just give him a bunch of softballs because there's no reason to potentially kill the golden goose let him continue developing nobody in that arena cared that jordan levitt was probably a winnable fight for him they certainly didn't care about luigi Vendramini or or any of the other they're just there to watch patty do patty stuff so let him do that uh I don't know who i'm not a matchmaking guy so i don't know who i would put against him Indeed. i will say i don't think it can happen now because he did the whole wwe thing there was a moment when it would have been an incredibly good idea and i know it was joked about or whatever but like logan paul said he wanted to come to the ufc he wanted to fight patty the uc should have just done it should be like yeah sure because that's obviously not real combat in like any meaningful way but it is real spectacle and that would have been enormous, both both for Patty and his career, monetarily. Uh, that would be like the ideal opponent for him at this point in time, frankly. But, you know, otherwise just give him another matchup he can win. If you want to do it at MSG, if you want to do it, instead of doing it in a fight night, put him on the main card of a pay-per-view at the end of the year in Vegas against a winnable matchup and do that. I think any of no wrong way to eat that Reese's, just as long as you don't give Emilia Taporia. Don't do that. It's the only bad answer here.
4: <laughs> Jose, I see you frantically shaking your head this whole time. Hit me. Yeah, I like sports so I want to see him fight another UFC fighter. So you should fight Ottman <laughs> should fight Ottman Azatar because they were tied to this event. In specifically, you know, Admin Azatar is undefeated. Patty hands that man, his first O. Also, not for nothing, we talk a lot about social media and what this matters and this and that. I think it's all silly. I think people need to go outside and get off social media. But if those numbers do mean things to you atman azatar almost has a million instagram followers and he barely fights because he is he is an actual rock star in his home country of morocco like he's eating with princes flying private jets all of this he also happens to be an undefeated ufc fighter so uh yeah he should fight atman azatar either in las vegas or in madison square garden i think that'd be a fun build up because they are just so polar opposite in terms of personalities uh and again if patty wins, he's takes that, oath. if Azatar wins, the UFC already has you know a guy they can build off of with Patty. Yes, Abin Azatar is the guy that got released from the UFC because it was like that whole weird thing if he let people into the bubble that he wasn't supposed to. The bag. Fight what, was the bag, into, what, what was, was in the bag, Jose? What was in the bag, Jose? Right, and see, now we're talking about it. Imagine the buildup and how many times that is going to be asked and how many times, how yeah, many weird time. things he's going to say, like, oh, it was a bag of potatoes. Oh, oh it was God. this. Oh, it was that. That's the fight to make. Like we're not going to pretend like there's another good option. You should fight Ottman Azatar. I want to see that fight. I agree. Want to know what was in the bag? I, I, He's, I really
5: Jose sold me. Whoever said Marco Madsen? God no, for sure. Yeah, I know that. that is not. The, uh, I, not Jose is, Jose Jose did it right. That's a good answer.
3: Yeah, I think I agree with you, fellas. Anybody who's sort of in that periphery of maybe like the top 30, like 25, 30 range, like just, again, you want you want Patty to win at this point if you're the so, You want to keep this going. You don't want to just throw him a wrestler. You don't want to just throw him somebody who's going to uh, basically end this whole party before it really gets going, right? Uh, in the meantime, fellas, let's keep it rolling because, again, Patty was only half of this show and Meatball, Molly Meatball did it again, y'all. Like another spinning back knockout by Molly McCann. This time, Uh, It starts the beginning of the end against Hannah Goldie, and she really brought this card alive because this thing was struggling before she came out there and did that. Uh, To win is one thing, but can you believe Lightning actually struck twice, Jed?
5: No, uh, I did not anticipate. I thought she would win because she should have won that fight. Uh, I didn't think it would look that good, and I don't think anyone could have imagined that another spinning back elbow would be involved which I think makes her one of two people in the UFC that have a spinning back elbow knockouts, even though this one's a little different. Um, I think the other one's Ricardo Ramos could be wrong on that. Don't quote me on that one, but yeah, she looks sensational. Everything you said is correct. The card desperately, desperately needed uh, a jolt of life and she gave it to everybody. Uh, tremendous on the mic as always. She and Patty are a great one, two punch, uh, they should never not fight on the same card because it's just a joy to watch them be so excited about each other too. Like I'm not, I'm not a big Patty Pimblet guy. I don't, It's just, it's fine. Like I don't care, but it is very exciting to, you know, watch how enthusiastic they are about each other and seeing Patty's celebration backstage after Molly gets the win. And then Molly coming down to the cage with Patty, it's just like, that's just good vibes. You know, I'm here for the good vibes. So yeah, it was a great Great performance and just good vibes all along.
3: Good vibes always, man. That's all we're ever trying to do here on this show, right? We're just all about the vibes. Uh, Jose, I mean, this is three in a row now for for Molly. I think a lot of Mm -hmm. people are a little surprised sort of how far this has come for her. Like, she is not somebody who I think a lot of people would have earmarked as a potential star when she came into the UFC. But, boy, it's happening. Like, this was, again, one of the biggest moments on the whole card. And she was sort of one of the biggest names throughout the whole week. Does it feel to you like she is becoming one of the bigger stars that the UFC has in these women's divisions?
4: In in terms of star and drumming up interest, obviously, uh, she's obviously been a, like a talented striker for a long time. She's one of two women in the UFC to have three straight wins with over 100 significant strikes in those three straight fights. The only other one is Ioani and Jay Chick, who obviously many people put on the Mount Rushmore of women's mixed martial arts. So Molly's always been a talented fighter. She just She's run into these... Like the 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 Tyler Santos fight, Tyler just kind of wrestled her, and then the Laura P- uh, Pacheco fight is that who she lost to? Another thing, she just got kind of overwhelmed with the grappling inside the empty arena, and then she's kind of put it all together. Now she took a step back, and she's just been rattling off all these wins. If you throw her into the top fifteen, it might be a rough night for the Scouser. Uh, but she's obviously one of the more interesting personalities in all of the UFC, not just women's mixed martial arts. She, of course, has that one million dollar contract with Barstool too. So that just shows goes to show you how well of a prize fighter she is. She already got the bag that most fighters are chasing for, and she's been in the UFC for a minute. So, yeah, super interesting individual talented striker i worry that if they throw her in there with like we've all talked about like with a high level wrestler or grappler whatever she's just going to be kind of ground out into the into the canvas or the octagon like we've seen in the past so don't do that give her fun fights uh, until you have to give her those grapplers and let her build back up and never put her on a different card than Patty Pimble. I don't think they want to compete <laughs> on different cards. Uh, I want to see that cam of Patty and Molly always watching the other one. So yeah, it's great. Even when we were in Phoenix and they were doing the, the, the press conferences and Molly was just absolutely bombed out of her mind. It was just a good time. She's, she's just a walking She's just good roasting the generator. hell out of you. She's just roasting yeah, the hell talk, out of you yeah, She is. She still does. I still get tags and she still tags me and Nando's stuff on Twitter. So uh, just a walking good vibe generator for Molly McCann.
3: Yeah, it's an interesting conundrum with both of them. Because first of all, I agree with you 100%, Jose. Of, at this point, you can't split these guys up. Like Molly yeah. and Patty need to be on the same card regardless. Like it, it's just the vibes are immaculate and it's just a good time for all. Uh, and again, see how many times you can keep this rolling. But Jed, is it, does this feel similar or at all almost like identical to the Patty type of situation, dilemma that the UFC's in where – I don't know that a lot of us are earmarking Molly as a future champion, but again, she is so she's becoming so popular with these knockouts and the way that she's being received by this London crowd. Does it feel to you like this is a similar situation to Patty where almost her popularity is exceeding her abilities or are you actually a little bit more high on, on Molly than you are on Patty in terms of her ability to make it into maybe top 10, top 15 and do some damage in there. I believe you're muted, my man.
5: It's a little bit of both, my bad, um, because I think it's undeniable that her star power exceeds her ability because, as Jose said, she got a million-dollar bag, and she is not a million-dollar fighter based on the current pace structures of MMA. You know, like, that's just not... that the, Those two things are not the same. But I, I think she is a better fighter right now compared to her division than Patty is to his. Some of that is because patty competes in the best division in the sport molly competes in a good division but not the best division in the sport so there's a little more room also patty's a little bit more like still has more to develop uh in in fight years and fight game i think molly is mostly a cooked meatball at this point she is what she is uh where she can make small minor improvements but she may crack into my top 15 uh this month for rankings and I think she has she has a better chance to be a top fifteen, top ten fighter, just because I think she's pretty close to already there, whereas Patty has a long way to go. I don't think she she probably has less of a chance to like if you play it out a thousand times to find the lane that gets her into the top five title contention. Whereas Patty, there's more of an opportunity for that, even though I would say it's maybe more likely that Molly at least becomes a top ten fighter, if that makes sense. So uh, I think she's looked great every time in, and she obviously is drawing interest. And I think you can be a little more a little riskier with her in part because we've already seen her lose. It hasn't really set her back that that much. but you can throw her. Uh, I'm trying to think of who's like in that top fifteen ish category for for the flyway mm-hmm. rankings, right? And you now. got
4: like Andrea Lee, Macy yeah. Barber, yeah. Yeah. Vivian. Dude, Rochelle, those yeah. type of things. The fight, the fight to make because off win. The the fight to make is the Marina Moreau's fight. So both of them have boxing backgrounds. Marina Moreauz yeah. is coming off that win over uh off of us. She's kind of been in that top fifteen or just outside for such a long time. Molly actually her first love was boxing um and uh marina was obviously the coach of the women's ukrainian boxing team for a long time so i think that's the fight to make
5: or just give her misha tate because tate's apparently washed so <laughs> just, just build that, a star baby
3: that actually isn't the worst match uh, that's game. not a bad i'm being fight, real right? that actually isn't the worst idea to be honest um like you get my mind you got my mind working on that one i wasn't even thinking about misha but that's i'm kind of here for that uh jose last thing on molly and then we'll move on right now if you look at the mma fighting uh global rankings which are the only rankings that mm-hmm. matter in the entire sport i'm just saying uh molly mccann is not on the top 15 just globally mm-hmm. when it comes to 125 of the women's class for you come next ranking title you're not part of the panel but just in general if you nope. if you were would you put her in the top 15 do you feel like she deserves to be there yet or maybe not yet
4: I think she's in that 16 to 19 range. She's not quite in the top 15 yet. Now, if someone ranks her at 15, 14, I'm not going to argue with it. I just think she needs one. Like, can you guys off the top of your head, can you name who she knocked out in the last UFC London card? Oh, man. Probably not.
5: I Probably just did this not. game with
3: someone else, and they couldn't do it. And I knew the answer,
4: and now I've already forgotten it's, the answer. Right. It's you one, forgot it's Carolina.
5: it. Yeah, own the only reason I know that is because that question was asked earlier today, and I looked it up, though.
4: There you go. So I think she needs one more win, and it has to be over a name that people recognize. Like, obviously, anytime you fist fight a UFC fighter, it's it's a tough task, but if the name value isn't there, you're probably not going to get all the recognition. Hannah Goldie is – how many fight, pro fights does she even have? 10, 11, something like that? I think she just needs one more, uh, and then she can be in the top 15.
5: Oh, But yeah. if Hannah, she's
4: 15, so be it.
5: Hannah Goldie only had seven or eight pro yeah. fights before this, sorry. correct. Yeah,
3: I think that's fair. I think that's a fair conversation to have. But it's it, regardless, it was a lot of fun for those 30 minutes that we had these guys back to back. And I, I just wish the rest of the car would have been like that. But it wasn't. And so let's sort of jump it around on the rest of this car.
0: The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. Don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down and new customers to DraftKings can bet five bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours.
2: that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com.
3: Uh, I'm going to skip the co-main event for right now because it was, there's not a lot to talk about there. <laughs> I actually want to go to, I think, one of the sadder outcomes, maybe just if you're a longtime fan of the sport. Alexander Gustison, man. Um, he kind of flew under the radar this whole week. I think a lot of people didn't even realize he was fighting on this card. Uh it was his first fight in the last two years. He, He's sort of been in and out of retirement in their
5: defense this whole time. He was not fighting on this card. He did not fight on this card in their defense. He got murdered. It was
3: it was rough, man. 67 seconds. This is now his fourth loss in a row. This time it was Nikita Krylov. All those losses are finishes. Uh, this one was a pretty bad knockout and just kind of was one-way traffic the whole way through. Like, you could tell the first 15 seconds where this one was headed. Jose, man, I mean, Gus is, is 35 years old. He is not an old man by any stretch, but maybe in fight years he is certainly older. But what do you make of this? Is this kind of – do it? I mean, are you still – Wanting to see Gustafson fight—is this sort of DC's calling for his retirement tonight? Where do you where are you at with Gustafson at this point?
4: I mean, I feel I feel weird when he does fight. I feel that's, weird when he no, fights. that's, that's he a really good way to explain it because I I agree with you. I, there's a weird feeling when he fights now, right? Because he's already in the Hall of Fame. He's already one of the greatest fighters of all time, like light heavyweights of all time. He really was. flag bearer for that european not just sweden but like all of european mma i feel like the ufc really kind of got behind alexander and he's beaten some of the best fighters ever he's even gone up to heavyweight and challenged uh and got steamrolled by verdun but he challenged him nonetheless so i just feel weird because a fighter of that caliber i don't want to just be like oh you got to go like i feel weird saying that but at the same time he's already retired once and i was pretty confident he was never going to come back at retirement after that so I don't know, man. I mean, I'm never gonna be bums when he fights because I think he's. I enjoy watching him fight. But if it's gonna be like this again and again and again, I maybe it is time to hang it up. And if he wants one more, like we've all heard the rumors of that card in Sweden coming up, just you know, give him one more fight. Give him someone that maybe he can go out I mean, on a double with. Give w him a with, gimme man. though, right? Yeah, give him a gimme. If he wants to, like, if he doesn't want that, you know, maybe Matt, because he's had a lot of fights fall out. Over the last few years, maybe could just match him up with a guy that he was matched up with before. Uh, he's already done camps for, but I guess the phrase is, I just feel weird when he fights.
3: What about you, Jed? You, you sort of same spot as us with this?
5: My answer is the same as always. Is in these uh, I would prefer if he retired. It'd be a lot, it would make me feel better because then I won't have to watch him and feel sad, uh, but I'm never going to tell somebody how they can and can't make money unless it's Bigfoot Silva and that's more that you shouldn't like the, there should not be a commission that literally sanctions that man to fight. They still do. But you know, if he wants to keep fighting, he wants to come back for the Sweden card to do your thing. I would just be a lot happier if he chose not to do that. Uh, And it would be a lot cooler if he was going to keep fighting for the UFC to just give him a softball because previously his losses have felt that he just wasn't engaged right we talked about in the preview show it just seemed like he wasn't all the way there you know he 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 was competitive at points against uh anthony smith who's good and the the john jones rematch etc that one was he his chin just crumbled instantaneously the first shot he ate he was he was on stilts for the rest of the short short fight I think his chin probably is pretty gone because it's not like Krylov is an enormous hitter, uh, and so that a light heavyweight that's really tough to, because that's a division where everybody can kind of hit you. Um, yeah, if you're if he's going to keep fighting, I would love for the UFC to give him a small middleweight <laughs> who's bad, like do that sort of thing with him. Just give him a win because it makes us feel good, but. It would – honestly, he sh- probably should have just retired. Uh, was it at the Sweden card that he he like hung yeah. up the gloves and then came back? Was, he, that, he probably yeah. should have just stayed gone there. You know, like that feels like the right answer, and I don't know why he chose to come back, but it hasn't gone great for him.
3: Yeah, something about tonight too was just so – it's just really uncomfortable from the, from the go, right? Like because it was just not competitive from, from the first – Five seconds of that fight. And similar with the Verdum fight, that was not competitive either. It's been a long time at this point since Gustafson was competitive. His last win is over Glover DeShera. And Glover DeShera is still going. And Gustafson seemingly Five years ago. Cooked. Five it's ago. The life cycle in MMA is just so erratic. And you can never predict it, man. It's, it's super unfortunate. Um, we're going to get to the peeps here in a second. But before we do, I do, we do have to at least address this co-main event. Jack Hermanson beating uh, Chris Curtis. Chris Curtis was very upset about it. I'm not sure why. Uh, Jack Hermanson was throwing. He threw over 250 strikes, landed 100. Like, Jack Hermanson was busy. Chris Curtis just couldn't really figure out how to cut him off and, and, and actually get his range going. Uh, Jed, I, I see you just already trying to burst in. What's up?
5: Oh, it's easy to know why because occasionally uh, you get really mad at yourself for not being as good as you wanted to be at something take golf for instance and then you might blame <laughs> it on other things like i might want to be a good golfer and then when i hustle rocket one into the trees i might be like damn i hate this freaking six iron what a piece of shit club it is when actually it's entirely operator trouble and that's what that was chris kirk was really mad that he thought he was better than he was and he had no answer for basic footwork and kicking from jacker And i don't know whether it was just an off night or whether he just doesn't have the ability to actively cut a cage very effectively. But he didn't have anyone to be mad at but himself because Jacker Manson fought a really smart, really good fight that I frankly didn't think he had in him. And, I mean, he didn't kill Chris Curtis, but he comfortably won, in my estimation, three rounds. Some of the judges gave that third to Curtis. But, yeah, he has no one to be mad at but himself.
3: Yeah, I echo that 100%. Jose, what do you think in in regards to this whole thing? We saw him afterwards, Chris Curtis flipping him off. Jack, I even got a little upset. It was very out of character for Jack, who's like one of the nicest guys out here. Uh, What did you make of this whole thing?
4: I mean, you're telling me that someone's whose main training partner Sean Strickland is just kind of a loose cannon after they lose? Shocking, shocking. But yeah, Chris Curtis, he lost three rounds. I mean, Jack Hermanson, essentially, how long ago did he get this fight? Like two weeks, maybe? A week and a half ago? Yeah. Yeah, it was really like a couple weeks. Like Jack Hermanson has basically done like two or three full camps to get ready for Darren Till, who just, you know, is all footwork in and out and counter striking. So Jack Hermanson is like, well, I've done all of this striking. I might as well just, you know, keep the distance and outstrike Chris Curtis. Chris Curtis has also, you know, been a welterweight for a, a big majority of his career too. Now that he's fighting at middleweight, like even A.K. Lee and our Slack channel was like, "Oh, I forget that Chris Curtis is at middleweight this time." Jack Hermanson was just, you know, using his range well, and just won. He just won three. He just co- he won three comfortable rounds in my book. Uh, I don't quite agree with Chris Curtis saying he was, you know, running the whole time. He just couldn't get through that reach of Jack Hermanson, who just kept, like you said, how many strikes did he throw? Like Two hundred. running. That, yeah. That's not running, my guy. That's just, you know, a hellacious barrage of strikes that he just couldn't figure out. And he's probably just frustrated. Uh, whether he goes back and realize that, I, I have no idea, but I can understand the frustration if you, you fly all the way across the world to fight someone and you just get a perfect game throw, thrown at you. It's got to be a frustrating feeling.
3: Yeah, I mean, it was a wonderful story we had going with Chris Curtis, right? I've been saying it's one of the best stories we had going in MMA. This is sort of a weird way for it to end, but obviously he'll continue on in the UFC. He's going to continue getting fights. They they love guys like this who's going to step up on on a moment's notice. Maybe he'll actually go back to his real division, which he's a welterweight. He was never really a middleweight to begin with, so he kind of has sort of an open option now. Uh, but But meanwhile...
5: Middleweight's a bad division, so you can make a lot more hay in a bad division than in welterweight, which is a very good division.
3: That's fair, but he did look much, much smaller than Jack Hermanson in, in there tonight. He, he looked like a well to wait fight in a middle way. Uh, Casey, let's get you in here. Let's get the peeps in here. In the meantime, we'll run down some other results. Also, Vulcan Ozdemir uh, with a weird one over Paul Craig, but I kind of am just thoroughly enjoying any Paul Craig fight. They're very weird, and I'm here for it. And I thought I actually really enjoyed that, I think, more than most people. Uh, also, Nathaniel Wood. Looked tremendous against Charles Rossi, and Jonathan Pierce getting the only finish on the undercard against Makwan Amir Khani and Muhammad Makhayev just dominating uh Charles Johnson. That to me was a standout performance as well. Casey, who who is your star from this event? If you if you get one takeaway star, who is it?
6: Uh I mean outside of Patty and Molly?
3: No, it be, no, it could um, be Patty. I mean Patty and Molly. Molly. I
6: mean, there were yeah. the stars going into the event and they became bigger stars after the event, especially with not especially with Aspinall unfortunately um what happened there's the shine is all on them now there's not it's not being kind of you know uh, uh what's the word uh mixed in with all every, with aspirin but uh yeah patty and uh, who else looked good um mo- mo- mostly it was a lot of bad honestly it was like who, <laughs> looked, who looked who looked worse tonight it wasn't like who uh, who yeah it was one of this uh, yeah we don't have these cards often but you know this is one of them where we're kind of talking about the negatives more than the positives, unfortunately, but they can't all be winners.
3: It's they can't all be winners. And it's fair to acknowledge when it happens. Uh, all right, Casey, what are the peeps saying?
6: Let's hit a couple questions
3: here before we get out of here. Uh, Oh,
6: um, here we
3: go. All right. This one's coming from our good bud, Joseph Boza. He says, is Curtis screwed at heavyweight? The problem is two of his three losses in the UFC, uh, is two of his three losses in the UFC and his career are to the champ Francis. Yeah, I mean, guys, we we sort of talked about this on the preview show where Curtis has been around for a long time in this division. He has beaten a lot of guys. The only people he's lost to is Derek Lewis and Francis Ngannou, which if that's your run in heavyweight, that's a damn good run. It's, I don't know that he's screwed. We sort of laid it out at the beginning of – he might actually slide into an interim title shot depending on how this Francis saga pays out, plays out. But I mean, what do you think about this question?
5: I don't think his losses to Francis matter at this point, like honestly at all. One, Francis yeah. is – Francis may or may not leave. If he leaves, and it super doesn't matter. But even if he doesn't, like Curtis is just – there's a time window where that could have been like the blocker to him getting a title fight, but it's gone. He's just beating all the people. And the way the division is laid out, if he wins his next fight, which as we discussed should be an, a number one contender slash interim title fight, doesn't matter who's the champ. It doesn't matter what else is going on. He's just going to get the title fight because he's the number three heavyweight in the world and he will beat – Another top five heavyweight in that regard. So, yeah, I, I don't think it actually affects him at all at this point in time.
6: Yeah. I, I think as long as Blades gets another, um, uh, like a type of victory like he had over docus essentially not a not a fight like he it was at Rosenstroke that he kind of was grinded over 25 minutes, that would kind of just yeah. pretend never
5: happened.
6: 15. Oh, 15, 15 felt, yeah. like, felt like 25. Um, yeah. As, as long as he, I think he just needs one more of those fights. And then he's back. And then we're like, all right, he's 0-2 against Francis. If Francis is still the champ, then they'll run it back. And it's a new Curtis Blades. So, no, I don't think he's great. Also,
3: I will say it does kind of seem like it might set up for him pretty nicely, depending on what happens with Francis. Because, obviously, then he would fight the tie to Ivasa versus Cyril Gahn winner. And I think most of us would pick Cyril Gahn to win that fight right now. And we saw against Francis wrestling might be the way to beat Cyril gone and, and Curtis Blades can ter- certainly do that. So there is a roadmap for Curtis right now. Yeah.
6: I think it's more just getting the, the, I guess, the fans and moving the needle enough for the UFC to really push him as far as a, the, that main event. I, obviously, the resume is there, the skills <laughs> there. It's just the popularity, I guess. The, to,
5: that's There's just nobody else at heavyweight is the thing, though. That like, the I thing would thing agree, too. and normally that would be the blocker here. But like if he beats... Few beats gone, and gone beats Tui Vasa, there ain't, there ain't another soul that's with it. the heavyweight that you could do. Like, yeah. that's just it. He just has it. <laughs> Your boy
3: Alexander Romanov is at home just punching <laughs> air right now that you won't mention him.
5: <laughs> no, I would love Romanov to do well, but Romanov's like, he's going to fight like a top 10-ish dude. And they're not going to be like, and because Tom's dead, like if Tom had, if this had been like a tight fight and could have gone either way, and blades won a nip tuck decision and then aspinall could fight romanov maybe that could happen tom's probably out for a year and romanov's nowhere near a title fight at this point so it's just the seas have parted blades has a very linear path in and it won't matter at all and especially won't matter if francis leaves then it then it's whatever
3: yeah what else we got casey Oh, right. This one's coming from Meddy, who says, what do you think Patty should improve on to become a top five lightweight? His BJJ seems solid. Striking is good. Avoids damage. I don't know about that. I would disagree yeah, on the avoiding damage part. Uh, but he yeah, adds, I feel he is up there already. I mean, Jose, what do you think, man? What What is lacking for you right now with Patty in terms of his ability to maybe climb into that top 10, top five space?
4: Uh, any sort of defense or head movement, I guess, as defense seems to be right <laughs> now. Just kind of run forward and then just kind of you know, eat like six, seven punches, grab his opponent, grapple him down and just kind of use like he's also like his last three opponents, he's just been bigger than like he's just physically like physically bigger than his last three opponents. Like as we've all said, Jordan Levitt is uh, surprisingly and deceivingly strong for his frame and build. Like we saw him just kind of pick Patty up and drop him. But Patty seems to have like really good reactive grappling. Like he can snatch necks, he can snatch arms, he can snatch bodies and arm trials and stuff like that. But to do that, you have to put yourself in risk. So I would guess I would say uh, tighten up that defense. You know, get some sort of head movement because <laughs> if they give him a striker who has good takedown defense, that could be an interesting stylistic matchup for me. So I would, I guess, I would say striking. We also haven't really seen Patty against like a one hitter, like one hitter quitter type of guy that can just dead a human being. He's fought three guys that not are good. him
5: against that, that. right? I
4: agree, but that's why I said I'm an Azatar, because he's another like yeah. physically strong lightweight that hits really, yeah. really hard.
6: Is he still in the? U- is he still in the UFC? I mean, he before. is. Yeah. Okay. I yeah. Was, okay. He
4: knocked out your boy Cam Worthy, I think, last his last fight.
6: How long ago? How long ago was that?
4: 2020. It's a while. But it was the end okay. of. So like yeah, it was like September okay yeah i
6: was just like i'm trying to remember yeah, like I, I vaguely remember that guy I just know about him and the the bag of potatoes that's all i remember from him he's and uh
4: he's two and oh in the ufc with two knockouts neither of which have gotten out of the first round
6: and he has a brother and who's also in the ufc
4: i don't
5: think his, his brother's brother UFC. is
6: cut, no. oh, brother's cut. okay yeah. Tend yeah, his brother
5: get cut because of yeah we don't need to go anywhere. yeah <laughs> Let's not do that. At the yes, moment yes, yes, he was though. Jed. Yeah, <laughs> Ho- Ho- Jose is correct though. Patty does not have good defense, nor does he avoid damage. He and like if he gets that, Dustin Poirier was really just dog shit defensive fighter too, and then he got really good at it and became a top five fighter. Like that's interim champion. Like that. That that's the path right there because Dustin Poirier hit really hard and was a com- a competitive fighter, but his defense was trash. And that's why Connor tuned him up and then he got good defense, and look at him now. So that's the path for Patty.
3: Yeah, I agree. Uh, this next one's coming from Sheila, who says, what happened between Hermanson and Curtis before the fight? Uh, why did Curtis act like that after the fight, and why did Hermanson apologize to him? Well, it seemed like Hermanson apologized to him because Hermanson yelled F-U uh, right afterwards, and they were sort of having that little exchange. And it, I don't know, to me, it just seemed like Curtis was very upset at – what we said earlier right the the frustration of not being able to figure it out and jack may be running away that last like 20 seconds he definitely did that
5: and Hermanson apologized because he's just a good dude He's very good salt, salt salt of the earth it was just like hey i'm sorry fans i'm sorry that i won dominantly and cleanly like just just a great guy
3: he literally used his post fight interview to be like hey tom aspinall is probably going to come out yeah, here and entertain that's you guys tough. Was, gotcha. <laughs> didn't age well, did not age well, but it was a good thought. Appreciate the sentiment in the moment. It was nice. Uh, yeah. All right. Okay. So let's say one or two more and then we will get out of here. Yeah.
6: Um, just, just more of a comment. You know, I think going along with what we said,
3: uh, this one's coming from Jordan says Jack was running, not Chris's fault. He wanted to hang, but Jack wasn't letting it happen. Yeah. Jack needed a win, man. This was a, a big fight for Jack. Like he Jack, really Jack needed a was win. Not
5: running.
6: Oh, no, no, he was not
3: running. It, it, it he was, is, he was it using is the It is
5: entirely cage. Chris's fault. Mm-hmm. Chris could yeah. not effectuate offense against a man who was kicking him repeatedly. People That's just not don't running. Like, That's beating a man's ass.
4: People don't like because they get all tied up into the spectacle and the prize fighting and the pro wrestling type of aspect of the UFC, but we forget it's a sport and people put game plans together and they're not always exciting.
5: Also, but also though, Chris could Card- fight him. But also the
3: card placement played played a huge role in this. If this is the first fight of of the main card, no one cares. No one's talking about it like this. No one's criticizing anybody. We had a a really slow and somewhat dreadful card, and then it got picked up in a hurry by the two scousers, and then we were immediately thrown into this, and it went right back down, and everyone got mad. That's what happened.
5: Uh, Also, Chris Curtis figured out how to fight him in round three. He learned cage cutting between rounds two and three, and he had his most success round. He He still lost that round, but he at least stopped chasing him and getting kicked and cut the cage off and managed to effectuate offense. Could have done that for 10 minutes beforehand. Maybe he'd had a better shot.
6: And Chris Curtis being the the smaller middleweight wasn't as big as a disadvantage when his last two victories that we saw were in the UFC apex cage, which is significantly smaller. He actually went mm-hmm. against a real full size middleweight in the full size octagon, and um, yeah. yeah, and he just was not prepared to. Uh,
5: and to and catch the style too, because like I think Curtis expected her, because I certainly did, expected Hermanson to do Rodolfo Vieira. He thought Hermanson would come into him and try and wrestle, which obviously he's really good at. And Hermanson just didn't do it, and then Curtis had yeah. no plan B.
4: It could also just have nothing to do with any of that, and Jack Hermanson is just a better mixed martial arts fighter. <laughs> <laughs> Like if they fight ten times, I think Jack Hermanson wins ten times.
6: Yeah, but I think that fight's different in this in a smaller cage. I yeah. still think Jack. I think still think Jack wins. Mm-hmm. The fight is, is, is it, that dude. That, that cage is what two thirds the size. L and L. Yeah, still an L, but there's a difference in the, the dominance of but. I, I, but obviously, just Chris Curtis just um, hate saying it he got exposed a bit, and you know, but that's what you need. He's still um, funny. He'll still be around. This isn't oh, yeah, fair yeah. for Chris Kirk, obviously. Yeah.
3: Uh, all right, Casey, let's get one, 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 we'll uh, oh, 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 one more. One more. Also, just here and here on the post-fight show while you look, uh, speaking of the Patty and Molly show, apparently Drake is buying Patty and Molly Rolex watches with his oh, giant winnings that he, he just should. won on Patty tonight. So there you go. Yeah, even uh, even should. Drake is in on Patty and Molly.
6: Let me see. Uh, doo, 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 I had a question. Oh, you know what? We talked a lot about Gus. Let's talk about a little bit about the other guy al capone all right this
3: one's coming from joseph boza uh who says did did nikita save his job tonight i think if he lost tonight with contender series coming up he would have been fired because that would have been three in a row i don't know about that i mean i don't know if i agree with that but what do you guys think
4: you know what nikita krylov is essentially just the light heavyweight alexander volkov just gets mauled one fight and then comes back and just smokes a dude in 30 seconds and all of a sudden he has another big name after that like Nikita Krylov, like for as much as we talk about like oh Nikita like Nikita Kralov isn't this knockout guy, he's ever he's only made reach the judge's decision once oh, and yeah. one. He's yeah, a get that dude, God God like, guy through and through. Be- yeah. Yeah. That you, you make him fight anyone, someone's dying in that fight, unless for whatever bizarre reason you fight Johnny Walker, and he's the only guy that doesn't finish Johnny Walker these days. So yeah, Nikita Kralov is a bad dude. He just fights really good fighters that beat him. Also, I think he said he was like in the Nikita Krylov fight. I think he's he alluded like he wasn't one hundred percent when he fought Paul Craig or something like that. There's also a lot going on in the world with both of his home countries, so maybe that was you know a little bit of a disadvantage in that side. If we're gonna talk about, he also
5: was Cade killing size. Paul Craig until he got yeah caught. until Paul yeah. Craig he did
4: the Paul, killing Craig, thing. Paul yeah. Craig yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah he had a lot going on both in and out of the octagon at that time. If we're gonna talk about cage size and stuff, you know, one of his countries was invading the other one of his countries in the middle of his camp, so it's a lot going on.
3: Also, I mean, you got to say you look at the guys he loses to. Yeah. It's a pretty elite group. It's, it's young Glover Teixeira, Paul Craig and Magomed man- Ankalaev. Two of those men are former champions. One of them is a future champion and then the other is Paul Craig. Like that's not who just does weird stuff. So like that's not the worst run of opponents to lose to. Does Gus
6: Gustafs- split decision
5: uh, yeah. to Glover. Yeah. yeah. Split yeah. decision.
6: If Gusistan fights again, him, I think someone threw this up. I threw it up the comment, but him versus Paul Craig makes a lot of sense. That's right?
4: what I that's what I tweeted because they were supposed to fight once before. Yeah, it was, and then I can't remember what who who pulled out, but I think that's the fight. Be, I, I, I almost,
3: I, I almost, someone said OSP, and that kind of feels okay to me too. Sure.
5: That fight is just gonna be awful, so I don't want to do that. But either. no, but there's
3: a high likelihood no one's gonna get seriously hurt. I know. I mean, how maybe. soft
6: are we now?
5: I we're,
3: mean,
6: we're, we're, we're we watch cage I mean, line for a professional. I no feel one gets I hurt. Like. I mean, no, not, no one.
5: I hope my feelings don't get hurt, Casey. Yeah. I, I had to watch Paul Craig knock out friggin Shogun Hua. Now you yeah, make me do it again to, to, to Gus. Like, that's just was wrong. A,
4: I was about to say, like, if you look, like, someone might not get hurt. Paul Craig, not only did he finish Shogun, Shogun tapped to strikes, and then mm-hmm. he snapped Jamal Hill's arm in half in Arizona. So, yeah, you fight Paul Craig, you might get hurt. Really. Yeah, that's, that's
3: exactly yeah, exactly. Fight. exactly. I don't, the I don't want to get, get You know get hurt what? Shogun
5: is the fight. That's actually the fight I want. Is Shogun? rematch! Oh, oh, a rematch. No? A rematch. No. Gus is oh, Shogun. Yeah.
4: Rematch. Nah,
5: nah, 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 nah. That, that is, is, so I
4: not kinda... <laughs> nah, well, nah, I kind of nah.
5: like that the
3: Shogun fight was the one that back in the day was that propelled Gus to the first yeah. title shot against yeah. John Jones nah. kind of go full circle I, I don't I'll hate that out. I'm fine with I will with that. die on that's the possible. hill that
4: I will die on the hill that Lyoto Machida has one fight after his one last fight in Bellator UFC re-signs him we finally get the trilogy and then they can both retire and fuck off that's what I want Machida well, can mean, go do karate fuck combat. Off, or fuck off. Yeah, Legends, yeah.
5: <laughs> <But> <laughs> you're acting as if Shogun has one more fight and is going to retire. That dude's going to fight for another ten years. He just said Shogun.
4: he was. He said he was going to have two more. And in the, the, always be in the he's going to keep
3: it going long it. enough to like Casey's going to be in the UFC by the yeah, time. Yeah, Shogun yeah. Yeah. Casey's going to be Shogun's retirement fight.
5: Shogun, Shogun, I'm I'm that is a fight I'm okay with. I accept that fight
3: all right well uh casey hit that music it's that time it's only four o'clock here in the afternoon on the west coast it is absolutely lovely we have a whole little saturday saturday afternoon or i guess night we can enjoy fellas good stuff good stuff everyone uh this has been the ufc london host fight show wish we could have ended on a better note with tommy aspinall curtis blades but it is what it is i guess it's just what we get in mma sometimes we don't deserve good things some of it was fun though and we appreciate you for hanging out with us Uh, keep it locked to MMA fighting as always uh, we'll keep you posted continuing coverage from UFC London MMA hour back on Monday you know the drill on to the next one to Sunday got the whole crew it's it's good times good vibes we love you guys that man is Jed Mishu you got Jose Youngs over there the undefeated E.K.C. Layden right there I am Sean Oshadi have a great rest of your weekend and we'll see you soon